The Islanders fell to the New Jersey Devils 6-5, but Matthew Barzal continues to shine this preseason. Is he ready for a big breakout year? We'll break down the game, Barzi and Bo Horvat, and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can find us now on SiriusXM on the SXM app by searching Locked on Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR, VSNYI. We will keep you up to date on all things Islanders throughout the rest of training camp, the preseason, the regular season, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for that. It's always great to to talk a little Isles hockey game time or any time. All right, lots to discuss, but we're going to lead off with a little discussion about Matthew Barzal. And I don't know if you noticed, but through the Islanders' preseason games, Barzy has looked pretty darn sharp. And he, again, continued to look good against the Devils. Two goals, an assist, Uh, The offensive part of Barzal's game looked sharp. And I think the good thing about it is, you know, he scored on a breakaway. He scored on, you know, a a one-timer. He is really starting to find his way to be a little bit more aggressive in, in thinking about shooting and the chemistry between Barzal and Bo Horvat definitely seems to be there. Now, we still aren't sure 
who the third person on that line is going to be. Uh, I am hoping that we still do not see Anders Lee on that line, although Lee was there uh, against the Devils. Didn't play badly, had a goal. One of his hits set up uh, another one of Barzal's goals. So, uh, I mean, Lee last night did show a little bit of his value on the first line, but I still think over the long haul, Bo Horvat and Anders Lee, their styles are just too similar, and they wouldn't complement each other well as line mates over the long haul. Then the question becomes, you know, who do you plug in on that line? Do you go Oliver Wallstrom? Do you go with Julian Gauthier temporarily? Kyle Palmieri, maybe? Uh, Hudson Fashing, Ruslan Ishkakov, William Dufour? lot of different players who you might think would be candidates to be plugged in to that spot. But to me, the aggressiveness of Matthew Barzal that we've seen so far really is a positive for this New York Islanders team. And look, let's face it, when it comes to Matthew Barzal, we are really trying to get him from the level of a really good player to an elite player, a star player. A player, right now, Matthew Barzal is a guy who Islander fans know and who, if you're, you know, a fan of a team that either faced the Islanders in the playoffs recently or plays the Islanders a lot, you know, a division rival even like the Devils, the Islanders, the Flyers, those guys are going to know a lot about Matthew Barzal and what he's capable of doing. But if Barzy takes his game to that next level, we're talking about, you know, a lot more value. And look, his career high in goals remains the 22 he scored back in 2017-2018. Since then... It's been 18, 19, 17, 15, 14. Now, keep in mind that the 19 goals came in just 68 games. That was a COVID-shortened season. The 17 goals came in 55 games in another season that was shortened by COVID. And then, you know, he missed a lot of games. He missed nine games in 2021-2022, only scored 15 goals, missed 24 games last year, scored 14 goals. So obviously, you know, Barzi needs to be healthy. But I think the other aspect of it is he needs to be more aggressive and think about shooting a little bit more because he did shoot more often the first two years he was in the NHL. And those numbers have sort of fallen off a little bit. But... I think in the preseason so far, when he's been out on the ice with Bo Horvat, we have seen a little bit more aggressive attitude from Matthew Barzal, and that's one of the things we need to see. Look, in 2017-2018, when Barzi won the Calder, he was playing on a team 
that was playing wide open hockey. And the Islanders are not going to be that team. Last night's game against the Devils, notwithstanding, because both teams played kind of a wide open style, which is not what they typically play. But for Barzal to take his game to that next level, he needs to think more aggressively, not always look to pass, but not be afraid to shoot and go out there and do what he needs to do. And I think we're starting to see it. Now, again, this is the fourth preseason game. Let me get more excited if he's doing this for the first three, four weeks of the regular season when the games have the regular intensity and and what have you. So we'll see about that. Can he sustain it? But I think the addition of Bo Horvat on his line and Horvat being a guy who can get in front of the net and tip pucks and deflect pucks and screen goalies, and I think the chemistry that we're seeing develop between Horvat and Barzal is one factor that is encouraging Barzi to think about shooting the puck a little bit more frequently. And that, to me, is a very, very encouraging sign. I hope we get to see more of it in the near future. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. We're going to break down last night's game against the Devils some of the good things and the bad things we saw. We're going to answer one of your emails. And, of course, we'll have our look ahead at Bo Horvat, what his role will be this season, his expectations, and a whole lot more. So all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You know, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of tickets. And one of the features I really, really love is that on the Game Time app, you can see the view from your seat before you make the purchase, so you know exactly what to expect when you get there. And with their all-in prices, they show you the total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just a couple of taps. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL, one word, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So the Islanders fell to the Devils, 6-5. to five. But, you know, the young players did get a little bit of a look. It was an interesting lineup. And, look, defensively, this team was nowhere. Uh, Gotta say, it was discouraging to watch the defense uh, scramble and have trouble keeping up with the speed in the Devils game. And, you know, the amazing thing about it, the Devils had, what, 23 shots on goal? And the... uh, 
Islanders had 20, and yet this game ended up as 6-5. to five. So, clearly, while they weren't giving up a lot of shots, there were uh, some quality shots. And while Ilya Sorokin gave up five goals, I don't blame him on four of them. Now, look, he, there are one or two he could have stopped, but one puck clearly went in off Grant Hutton, and Hutton certainly had... Uh, his struggles defensively, as did Calo Delius. Uh, the defense just was iffy. And even Ryan Polak and Alexander Romanov, which is a great defensive tandem that, you know, should be defense first. They were both minus two in this game, which was certainly disappointing. You know who actually was good offensively and defensively? Sebastian Ajo. He had an assist, and, you know, his goal was deflected home by Anders Lee, and Ajo was a plus three. So, uh, and that led the team. A few other players were plus two. The power play, 0 for 2, really didn't do much, but what we did see was, again, Barzi and Bo looking solid. Pierre Engvall with a two-point night, a goal, and an assist. That was encouraging. One thing that was a little bit disappointing, to me anyway, William Dufour, yeah, he was a plus two, did not figure in the scoring, did not have a shot on goal, but he also took a pair of minor penalties, one for slashing, one for cross-checking, and, you know, the reason that that's such bad news for the Islanders is that what you do without the puck is a key to making this team. And the Islanders just did not, you know, you didn't see a great game without the puck from William Dufour. Now, here were the line combinations. You had Horvat, Lee, and Barzal at the top. Nelson Engvall and Dufour on the second line. Carlson Kuhlman, Ruslan Ishkakov, and Oliver Wallstrom on a third line that really didn't do a lot offensively. And then Sezikis, Martin, and Gauthier on the fourth line. Defensively, Odelius and Polak, Romanov and Hutton, Aho and Mayfield is how we started this game with Sorokin in goal and then Appleby came in and played the third period, and yet Appleby would technically be tagged with the loss because he gave up the sixth and final goal. But, you know, I would like to see more than 20 shots on goal. I would like to see this team be a little more consistent and play better defense. Meanwhile, let's let's turn our attention now to an email. This is James from upstate New York. He said, last week you mentioned on the show the Islanders were voted one of the five most boring teams to watch in the NHL. That was a, a Yahoo Sports article. And then they said if they just started winning, uh, then I said, if they just started winning more, that would probably go away. So my question is, James says, uh, is that the case for the Hurricanes? Because in my opinion, I hate watching their games. I know they can score. I know they win. But on defense, they literally take all five guys and stand right in front of the net. I feel like I'm watching soccer when they set up a wall. It's nearly impossible to score. Have you ever noticed that with them? 
And if so, is it fun to watch? And lastly, has the NHL ever considered some kind of illegal defense to prevent that? Well, here's what I meant. Uh, and James, thank you so much for the email and the question. To me, yeah, the Hurricanes are not the most exciting team to watch. But if you're a Hurricanes fan, and the team is winning a lot of hockey games like they did last year and, you know, advanced all the way in the playoffs as far, you know, to the conference final, they are going to love it. And I think it's the same with the Islanders. You know, if the Islanders win 55 games this year, even if they're all or most of them are 2-1, to one, I think Islander fans will be excited. Now, n- Is it the most exciting brand of hockey to watch? No, it's not. And, you know, the Hurricanes, while they have some very talented players like Sebastian Ajo, uh, they can be exciting at times, but their style of play is not glamorous or exciting, but it is effective. And I think, again, with the Islanders, to try to bring it back to the team that we all, uh, you know, concentrate on here and root for I think fans would rather have them win two to one and three to two than lose six to five like they did last night and the games may be more entertaining if they're six to five but the fans want to see some winning hockey as far as an illegal defense (coughs) hockey is such a fast moving game And I think it would be very difficult because of the way the puck bounces and deflects off a skate or a stick or the boards. It would be difficult to have illegal defense be a thing in the NHL. Uh, I I have never heard any rumors that the NHL was considering illegal defense becoming a factor. But uh, certainly if I hear anything to that effect... Uh, I will let you know. So again, James from upstate New York, thank you very much for the question. And uh, again, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your first name and where you're from, and we're happy to discuss and answer your question on the show. All right, we have got more to get to. We have our Islanders birthday of the day coming up, uh, and I guess the clue is this is a player who joined the Islanders right after playing in the Olympics and was with the team through the, from the mid-80s until the mid-90s. So let's see if you can guess who that is, and we'll also take a look at Bo Horvat and his expectations in the season to come. All that and more coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. <clears throat> That's $200 in bonus bets if your first bet wins or loses. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can bet on the NFL, baseball playoffs, or use your knowledge of the Islanders and the NHL. Bet some futures there. Check it all out on the FanDuel app. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner 
the NFL. <coughs> so, excuse me, we continue our player-by-player -player look at the Islanders, what to expect, what the role is, what the player needs to do to be successful. And, well, we're going to today focus on Bo Horvat every day, or as you know, we've been focusing on a different player every day since training camp opened up. And I think Bo Horvat clearly is one of those players who his success or failure is going to go a long way to determining the Islanders' success or failure. And yeah, earlier in this segment, we talked about the, the chemistry with Matthew Barzal, and that's important, and we still don't know who the third player on that top line is going to be. And, and I, I will continue to say, at least at this point in time, that the Islanders seem to be lacking uh, a proven NHL first-line caliber player to insert on this line. Look, Horvat, his new deal kicks in this year. He's going to be an Islander for the next eight years at $8.5 million a year. Last year, in 30 games with the Islanders, he had seven goals and 16 points. That would put him up at about a 44-point pace over the course of the entire season. He needs to obviously pick that up. I think he's more comfortable with the system more comfortable with his teammates, more comfortable now that his family is living on Long Island. He bought a house. He's established himself here. He knows this is home for, you know, the next eight years, uh, most likely, uh, especially given the fact that he has a no-trade clause as part of his contract. And look, Bo Horvat had put together Seasons in back-to-back -back years in Vancouver of 31 goals and then 38 goals last year combined between the Canucks and the Islanders. I think he can get between 25 and 30 with the New York Islanders. And, you know, if he can get into the 60s in points, let's say 25 goals, 35-plus uh, goals, 35-plus assists, that would be the minimum we would need from Bo Horvat. You add the winning of faceoffs, which is something he's good at. He's responsible defensively. He can get the power play going, I hope. He had three power play goals in 30 games with the Islanders last year. That no, He had one. He had three assists. Excuse me. Read that wrong. But he had one power play goal in 30 games with the Islanders. Got to get that number up to about eight power play goals over the course of 82 games if he could stay healthy. If he can help the power play, win the faceoffs, be responsible defensively, have chemistry with Matthew Barzal and get you 25 plus and 60 plus, 25 goals, 60 points, I would consider that a successful season for Bo Horvat. And, you know, if he does more than that, there's your bonus. I think you know, he's not a sniper in the traditional sense of the word, but he's a guy who works hard and can score. I think he's very much like Anders Lee was in his prime, 
where he's going to get those tips, those rebounds, those deflections. He can dig some pucks out of the corner. He can be on the bumper on the power play. And the Islanders have to figure out the best way to utilize him and get him going. Uh, I think we're going to see more from him. The early indications are that Barzal and Horvat are looking like a nice duo. And we saw some of that last night against the Devils. The key now is going to be getting him to be consistent and figuring out who that third line mate is going to be and what, you know, <clears throat> getting the maximum value out of that $8.5 million a year contract over the next eight years. Fingers crossed, because if Horvat stumbles and produces at a low rate like he did a year ago, then we're going to have a real problem for this Islanders team producing enough goals and scoring enough on the power play to truly be effective. All right, time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and today is the 60th birthday of former Islanders winger Patrick Flatley. Pat Flatley, a Toronto native, first-round pick of the Isles back in 1982, 21st overall, played for the Canadian Olympic team in the 1984 Olympics, and then joined the Islanders down the stretch for that 84 Stanley Cup run. They made it to the final and then lost that drive for five to Edmonton in five games. Uh, and he was really productive in that uh, playoff run as a rookie. Nine goals, 15 points in 21 games. Uh, top 20 goals in his rookie season. Top 20 goals again in 1990-91 was a part of the Islanders' big playoff run to the conference final in 93, where he had uh, two goals and nine points in 15 games, stayed with the Islanders through the 95-96 season, and then in what was truly a bizarre sight, finished his career with the Rangers in 96-97. 780 career goals, 100, uh, games, 170 goals, 510 points, 686 penalty minutes, Add 18 goals and 33 points in 70 playoff games, 59 of those with the Islanders, and all the goals and assists with the Islanders as well. His best game as an Islander, well, we're going to look at one of those playoff games from 1984, this one being uh, the fifth and deciding game of the Patrick Division Finals, Islanders hosting the Washington Capitals in this one. Uh, Al Jensen got the start for the Caps, battling Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders. And in this game, Pat Flatley had two goals and an assist. He scored the game winner, had one goal at even strength, one goal on the power play as the Islanders defeated the Capitals 5-3 to to eliminate the Caps in five games final in that series, four to one. The Caps won game one, and then the Islanders won four in a row. So the, as a rookie, Pat Flatley, very dangerous. And look, off the ice, Flatley also a very popular player. He and Glenn Healy did heels and flats, which I always enjoyed watching uh, as part of the Islanders pregame show uh, on cable vision there way back in the day. So uh, Pat Flatley is our Islanders' birthday of the day. 
and we wish him a happy 60th birthday. I want to thank everybody who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We are going to talk about Oliver Wallstrom and what it will take for him to have a successful season. And I think this is a do-or-die season for Wally. If he doesn't do well, uh, he will probably not be an Islander beyond this season. And he may not even finish the season if he doesn't do well. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.